Hi everyone, the holiday of freedom is upon us and at face value this holiday doesn't feel like freedom at all. Um, I've been spending, I just took a quick break from the cleaning and the scrubbing and the cooking and if you think about the fact that the Ansha Knesset called this holiday Zaman Chayrosein all the time about freedom, you might think it's a little questionable. Like at the end of the day, what's so free about Pesach? Even historically, if you think about it, yes, we were enslaved people. Yes, we became free. But like, what did we become free of? Did we go to music festivals in the desert and just let loose and take Molly? No. The Jewish people were essentially taken out of Egypt. Hashem took us out as a slave people, but not to go to a desert festival. Rather, 49 days later, we get the Torah. And the Torah is a book of rules and regulations. So if this holiday of freedom celebrates the Jewish people being free, it must be that our definition of freedom is very different. Not only that, I think Judaism has a very unique perspective to freedom, a perspective that's actually authentic. Because if you think about it, going to music festivals and taking Molly is not necessarily defining freedom. I think every single one of us can think about slavery in a way that is a little different to being in shackles. The Haggadah opens, or the Haggadah mentions, that every generation a person must believe as if he is personally emancipated from Egypt. And the Altarebbe adds, every moment and every day, a person has, every hour, a person has to actually feel this personal liberation. And yes, we were not slaves in a typical sense, but who says that we do not do not experience slavery every single day in the same capacity as if we were in shackles? I think we live in a really, really powerful environment. We live in an age of influences. And influences quite literally mean people that are trying to influence our behavior. And if you look around at fashion trends and you look at the way the world develops, you can clearly see that all of us dress similarly. We're all buying into the latest fads. Denim and denim is in. How many people are wearing denim and denim? Every shop that you go to, even from the most expensive to the less, to every single um, shop is buying into this fad. Every single influencer is making sure they're wearing denim on denim in order to fit in with what is the societal norms. We live in a globalized society. We live in a society where we are so interconnected. But our interconnectedness doesn't mean independence. Our interconnectedness is not actually producing free people. On the other hand, we're actually producing a society where we live in, the media calls it, a filter bubble. We live in a bubble where we are constantly just feeding each other the information that we want to basically support our personal ideas. Now, Pesach comes and tells you, Zaman Chayor this is the time of our freedom. So what was so free? What did Hashem want to liberate us from? How, this is our birth story. If you think about it, Pesach is the reason why we're here, because we were a slave people, and we were not the Jewish people. And the only reason why we have this authenticity and this legitimacy as a Jewish people is because our great, 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 great grandparents repeated that story to their children and their children repeated the story to the next group of children 
And no one came and brainwashed a whole group of Jewish grandmas and forced them to tell their grandchildren this made-up story. It's a story that legitimizes us as a people. And I think so often I sit around the Seder table and I literally have chills. I think to myself, this is the same story. So what is this story? How do we achieve freedom? The Seder is from, is the word Seder that we're going to be celebrating tonight is from the word like Sidur or Lesader to organize. But if you look at the Seder and what is going on, there is nothing in at face value organized about the Seder. We jump from one topic to another topic, to another topic, to another topic. So perhaps we're not talking about a physical order. Perhaps we're talking about an emotional order. Perhaps we're thinking about a psychological order. Perhaps the, the Seder is not just an order of first having wine and then dipping into salt water, washing and then dipping into salt water. Perhaps the Seder is a message. It's a guide, not a physical guide, but rather a guide in which we can leave from our physical slavery, from the word, from our Mitzrayim, which from the word Mitzrayim, our personal limitations and the boundaries that were put on ourselves and achieve freedom. So how do we do that? There are the 15 steps. There are the three names of Pesach. And the way we're going to start is with the four questions of Manishtana. When we start with Manishtana, before we even start saying Manishtana, we say, Hey, Lach Anya. We start off Magid by saying, this is the bread of our affliction. There is no Torah source for the matzah being bread of affliction. But rather, the Torah, the Haggadah is telling us, you might think you're a slave right now. But as we start this story, I want you to know, this year we are slaves. Right now you're experiencing slavery. Whether you're a slave to technology, whether you're a slave to the latest fads, whether you're a slave to what your community and your friends are doing, recognize that you are a slave. And now... We are going to actually go on this journey of freedom. So what is this journey of freedom? The first, the, the, when we really look at Manishtana, Manishtana Lailazem Mikol Halela, what is so different about this night from all other nights? But if you look at it, it's not really four questions. They're really four statements. The first statement is, on all other nights we dip twice, and tonight we dip, one, all other night we dip once, and tonight we dip twice. So what is this step in achieving freedom? What is dipping? Dipping is investing, investing yourself. In order to achieve freedom and not being bound to societal norms, not feeling the intense external pressure, invest in yourself. Invest in who you are. Invest in the present. If you're constantly trying to look around and you're constantly trying to see what everyone else is doing, then you're never going to be happy. Invest in the current moment. Kaddish also shows that. We start off the Seder by saying Kaddish. Kaddish means to designate oneself. Designate yourself. Be fully invested in the present. Invest in every single thing that you're doing. Don't be looking at your phone and seeing what your friends are doing on the other side. Rather, in the moment that you are in, enjoy that moment. Recognize the power that is within this moment. The second step that we say is on all other nights we eat chametz. Tonight we eat matzah. What is matzah? Matzah is a boring piece of flat bread. Matzah is this concept of humility. Matzah does not rise. What is so powerful about matzah? 
Matzah is his complete surrender. The whole concept that Hasidus tries to teach us is stop trying to be in control. Because at the end of the day, you will never be in control. So be like a matzah. When we start our story as becoming a people, we have to recognize and we have to take it. We have to really, really invest in this idea. Let go. Be like a matzah. Surrender yourself. It's not about you. It's flat. It's not about you. And I think it's the most powerful, liberating idea. As soon as you're trying to control a situation, how often does your day go the way you wanted it to go? Trust me, my day never pans out. I can prepare and prepare and prepare, but it doesn't matter. The class will go in the way Hashem wants it to go. So let go. Surrender. I think so often people are so miserable, and I know that the days that I am so miserable is because I'm not letting go. I'm not letting God. Hasidus is trying to tell you, you know nothing. You think you know what's going on. You actually don't. And I think we live in a society where everyone's like, what are my rights? What do I deserve? And when society's not giving you what you deserve, you're like, this is so upsetting. Why don't I get what I deserve? What belongs to me? What? And like, if we looked at it the opposite way and said, I have a, I'm not getting the amount of money I deserve. I'm not getting the rights that I deserve. How about we look at it oppositionally? Torah doesn't believe in what do you deserve. It's the opposite. What can you contribute? It's like as soon as we look around and we can say, oh my gosh, it's so unfair. I want to be a rabbi. I look at Shul, I see the rabbi. Oh my gosh, I want to be a rabbi. And then people are saying, you know what? Women should be rabbis. That's not how it works. If we think to ourselves, the role is that this man is a rabbi. It's not about me feeling bad about myself. As soon as the rabbi thinks he's amazing because he's a rabbi, then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, that's not fair. Rather, the man says, this is my job. This is my role. I was put here. Hashem put me here. This is my job. You let go. You surrender. Judy, it's not like it's my right to put tefillin on. It's no, tefillin has to get done. I'm contributing in that way. Oh, I want to light Shabbos candles. Actually, no. That's not your role in society. That is not what you're tied down to. Surrendering is the most powerful thing. As soon as I think to myself, I deserve something, it's over. If I think to myself, Hashem put me in this world, and this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is the gift that God gave me, and I'm meant to work as hard as I can to utilize the gift that Hashem gave me. And when you let go and leave it to a higher power, that's the matzah. The matzah is being completely flat. Arrogance is the most ugly character trait, but also arrogance completely defies the concept of God. If you think you're in control, I'm speaking to myself, if I think I'm in control, then can I really call myself connected? Am I leaving space for Hashem in my life? Or am I just doing what I'm meant to be doing, doing the best I can do, surrendering, letting go? then I will actually truly be happy. The third step is the marar. On all other nights, we eat vegetables, different vegetables. And tonight we eat marar. What is marar? 
Mother is bitterness. In Tanya, we have Atvus and Mererus. Two mindsets. Atvus is is depression, not clinical depression, but Atvus is when you are down, when you are sad, when you are feeling apathetic. Tanya looks down on this concept of Atvus, and we need to try and do everything to get ourselves out of a funk. But Mereros, which is bitterness, is not something that Tanya shies away from. Sometimes bitterness is not a negative character trait. Rather, it's an impetus for growth. If you are feeling bitter, the word bitter in English doesn't sound great. But really, mereros means feeling a passion for something. Feeling a, a spark. Feeling like this is not okay and I want to do something. A reaction. Mereros is your reaction to the world around you. You might think that being, being bitter is the most negative thing in the world but the Torah tells you no. Actually, mereros, being bitter, can be impetus for growth. If you look around and you are not happy and you feel like something is wrong, not because it's your right, but rather you're surrendering to a higher power. You realize that it's Hashem's world and you realize that in Hashem's world, that needs to get done and what's going on is not okay. You put your foot down and you say, you know what? I am letting go. I am going to do something about it. This doesn't leave a good taste in my mouth. That is not apathy, not artsful, but rather mereros. Actually having emotion. It's the hardest to teach a kid that just stares at you. Yes, 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 yes. Actually, the more enjoyable kid is the kid that says, no, I don't really see it that way. I see it differently. And as you have that conversation, you go to the back and forth, the passion and the disagreement, which is Torah's all about the passion and the disagreement, then you can come to a higher truth. So don't be apathetic. The last step is leaning. On all other nights, we sit regularly. But tonight, masubit. Tonight, we lean. Leaning is what kings and queens do. Remember you are royal. Remember that you are a piece of Hashem. Remember that you are powerful. Don't look down at yourself. Don't think, I can't, I won't, I'm not able to. No. Achieving freedom is recognizing you have a role. Realizing you are powerful. Get out of these limitations, these mitzaram that you put on yourself. I can't, I won't, I will never. No. Remove those things. If you realize that you are a piece of Hashem and Hashem chose you, Hashem Bahar, Hashem chose us to be his nation and to actually go there and be a Orlagayim, a light, and be a role model. Don't just sit around. There are things to do. Realize that you are special. Realize that you have a mission in this world that no one else can accomplish. And through achieving these four steps, step one, invest yourself in the moment. Stop looking around. Stop trying to be like everyone else. Two, be like a matzah. It's not about you. Do what got to get done. It's not about your rights and your privileges. It's like the most liberating thing. When I realize Hashem gave me a shlachas to be here in this world, my whole day has changed. Number three, don't be passionate. Have a spark. Have a reaction to life. Don't be apathetic. And four, once you have achieved all that, remember that it's not I am special because I am me. 
No. Hashem put you in this world. And through humility, you recognize that Hashem put you in this world for a purpose. True freedom is knowing who you are and what can you what you can accomplish. I see this in my personal life. I see when I was jumping from degree to, to, to degree, from job to job, from internship to internship, I realized and I recognized that I wasn't free because I wasn't doing what I was meant to do in this world. I was trying to be a lawyer for the accolades, for the weight, for the attention people gave me when I told them that I was studying law. When I was doing things for the way other people saw me and I was doing things and I wasn't investing, I kept on looking over my shoulder and I kept on, and I was, had this ego about me. I should do this instead of no, Hashem gave you a talent and your, your shlichus is in chinoch. That is your talent. Maybe it doesn't sound cool. Maybe it doesn't sound amazing. And I argued and I pushed and I wasn't apathetic in my life. I feel now the freest I've ever been. And it's not because I wake up every day and life is cherries and blossoms. There are hard days. There are easier days. There are days where I'm struggling. But you know why I feel free? Because I know my mission and my purpose. Hashem took us out and didn't just leave us wandering in the desert to go to a music festival. Because then we would just be lost. We wouldn't know who we were. We didn't know where we were going. Hashem liberated us from Egypt and gave us a purpose. Gave us a Torah 49 days later. You know why you'll be free? Because you will know why you're here and you know what you're doing. When you know who you are and you know what you stand for. And you know that you're a child of God. And you know that you're put in this world for a purpose. And you have a shlachas. You have a mission. There is no greater freedom. Wishing you the freest, most purposeful, happy, kosher, freilichen Pesach. Bye, everyone.